We are working our way slowly <laughs> through the Yud Gimel Ikri Yemuna, the 13 principles of our faith. And we are holding by the 11th, Hayyusayd, the foundation of Hachad Osr, the 11th of the 13 principles of Emuna. Um, we discussed at length the first five that dealt with Hashem and five different aspects and angles of our Emuna and Hashem. That was the first five. Then we discussed the concept of Nivua that Hashem gives Nivua to people, that was number six, and then number seven, um, that he, the, the special Nivua of Moshe Rabbeinu, the unique status of Moshe Rabbeinu Zemuna. And then we had number eight and nine, that dealt with Torah, that Torah is from Shemaim, Torah is from heaven, every word from Torah is from heaven, and then um, the idea that Torah is everlasting and unchangeable. And then in the last class, which was two weeks ago, we did number 10, which was about Hashem's knowledge of everything that goes on in this world, that Hashem knows and is aware and involved in everything going on to the world, um, and the idea of Hashkacha Pratis, how everything is uh, unique, uniquely divinely ordained in divine providence. So that's what we have behind us, and that leaves us with the 11th uh, foundation, which is tonight, which is a very important and a very interesting one, and it's the idea of Schar V'Einish, reward and punishment. So we believe that Hashem rewards and Hashem punishes. I'll read it in the words of the Rambam, who is the foundation of our classes are all based on the Rambam's teaching. He writes, That Hashem, blessed be He, gives schar, gives reward to the ones, to those who fulfill the mitzvahs of the Torah. And He punishes. For one who transgresses his mitzvahs. Um, he talks about the greatest schar being Olam Haba, and so on. And he brings as a pasuk, as a uh, f- source for this concept, he says, um, after the story of the Egel, when the Jewish people sinned with the Egel in the Midbar, so Hashem says, Moshe um, Rabbeinu tells Hashem, you know, uh, you have to forgive them, otherwise erase me from the Torah. And Hashem answers, Mi asher li emchenu misifri. He says, I, I don't just uh, punish and reward haphazardly. The one who sinned against me, he's the one who is going to be punished. Says the Rambam, that is the source that he cites from the Torah for this concept that there is schar and there is einish, there is reward and punishment when it comes to all of Hashem's mitzvahs in the Torah. That is the Ikir HaAchad Asar, the 11th foundation, 11th principle of our faith. Now, this principle is very interesting and raises a lot of different questions. And I remember distinctly when, way back in the beginning of the winter, um, seems like about 20 or 30 years ago, um, when we went through the 13 principles of faith very quickly. So this, when I mentioned this, there was a number of questions that were immediately asked by some of the people who are, I think, presently on this year. And I said, we'll deal with it when we go through them um, with time. So, uh, and that's now. So, so what is, what's the story here? The, the obvious question, or the one of the obvious questions, and the question that was asked then, was why is this so, so important? In other words, obviously, it's important to know that there's, you know, that there's uh, checks and balances, and that there is reward, there is punishments, but why does that have to be such, so foundational, like one of the Ikre Emuna? In fact, one would argue, in Pirkei Avais, you know, in these weeks especially, we learn Pirkei Avis. And in the very first chapter of Pirkei Avis, we have a teaching of Antignois Ish Seichai, 
one of the great Tanoim, one of the sages in the time of the second Beis Hamikdash. And he said famously, Do not be like servants that serve their master just in order to be rewarded. Antignus says that we shouldn't serve Hashem with the intention of being rewarded. And by the same token, we shouldn't refrain, we shouldn't listen to Hashem just because He has the ability and He will punish. Rather, he says, we should serve Hashem out of love and out of feeling, and we should not transgress what Hashem says out of love and feeling. So the Mishnah itself already tells us that it's not an optimal way of serving Hashem when we're serving Hashem because we're eyeing reward. In fact, it's a, it's, like, it's a childish way of serving. Hashem will give me ABC, so therefore I'll keep Shabbos, and therefore I'll eat kosher. Hashem will, uh, otherwise he might do whatever to me, so therefore I won't uh, transgress his commandments. It would seem this is not the appropriate goal of our Avedah. And if it's not the appropriate goal of our Avedah, why then is it one of the Yisoides, one of the foundations of our Emunah? That's the basic question. Um, Interestingly, this um, saying of Antignus, of not serving Hashem for reward, um, had a tremendously um, terrible historical effect because Antignus had two students. One, his name was Tzadik, and one was Baitus, and they were not really God-fearing people. And they, uh, it seems, were looking for an excuse to get out of the uh, listening to the Chachamim and listening to the Torah the way the Chachamim told us. So they took this teaching of Antignus and said, look, a Rebbe said not to serve Hashem for reward. It must be that there is no reward. It must be that there is no punishment. And they used this as a platform, and they began an entire movement. And that movement is talked about a lot in the Gemara. They were called the Tzedukim, or in English it's the Sadducees, or the Baitusim. And they really defied all rabbinic law. They were, uh, Klai Yisrael suffered tremendously from these people. And they were disciples of this Antignes. But be that as it may, the fact is that he said it. And it's in Pirkei Yavis, and we say it. Which means that we don't look at service for reward and service out of fear of punishment as an ultimate way of serving Hashem. And therefore, again, I repeat, why Taki then? Why is it that this is such an important foundation of Yiddishkeit to make it into the top 13, so to speak, of the Yisaitis, the foundations of Aramuna? So, the answer that's given to this question is the following. Of course, we're not serving Hashem because we want Hashem to give us something. We're not serving Hashem because we're afraid He's going to hurt us. But on the other hand, the concept of reward and punishment in Yiddishkeit is much more than just because I'll be you know, good, so Hashem will give me a gift, or I'll be bad and Hashem will give me a patch. Reward and punishment, really the way um, Torah looks at it, is a consequence which means that when we do mitzvahs, we're affecting positive energy, we're affecting positive change in ourselves and in the world around us. And the ultimate reward that we're going to get is the appreciation of what our mitzvahs accomplish and what our Torah accomplishes. And the same is when we talk about punishment. When we talk about punishment, it's not because since we did something wrong, so Hashem is angry at us, so He's going to hit us. That's silly. Hashem is not a child and Hashem is not uh, into uh, revenge. 
Punishment is when we did an Avera. So therefore we caused negative um, energy and we caused negative wounds and blemishes on our neshama, our, on our body and the world around us. Those negative things have to be cleansed. And that cleansing is what punishment is about. So when a person is punished, so to speak, by Hashem, we have the concept of whether it's called Gehenna. And there's different types of Gehenna and different types of punishments. All it is, according to the teachings of Torah, in general, Chassidus especially, is ways to rectify, to cleanse the wounds and the blemishes that were made when a person doesn't have Hera. So the importance of Schar and Oynesh, of course, on the most simple basic level is so I should listen, because otherwise, you know, I can be in trouble. Or I should listen because it will be beneficial for me. But as we said, that's a very, very basic level of Avodah. On a higher level of Avodah, I'm serving Hashem because Hashem said. But even though I'm serving Hashem because Hashem said and I want to serve Him, it's important for us to know that Hashem didn't just randomly give us mitzvahs to do and randomly say, don't do these Averis. Tzcharah says that every mitzvah that we do has a very powerful, positive effect. And it has a powerful, positive effect on ourselves, and it has a powerful, positive effect on the world around us. And the, the again, the schar, the, the Mishnah says in Pirkei Oves, schar mitzvah mitzvah, which means the ultimate reward of the mitzvah is that we're going to appreciate what the mitzvah did accomplish. So it's not Hashem Sam saying do things, He's giving us the tools. Hashem created a world, and He gave us the, the amazing ability to partner with Him in creation and perfect the world that He gave us. In order to perfect that world, He gave us mitzvahs. And every mitzvah perfects a different part of the world, and every mitzvah perfects a different part of ourselves as human beings. Famously, there are 613 mitzvahs. 248 positive mitzvahs and 365 negatives. And here Chazal tells us the amazing thing that a person's body is put together of those same numbers, of the 248 and the 365. That the 248 positive mitzvahs are connected with the limbs of the body and the 365 negatives are connected with the the, uh, sinews, the veins of the body. And what we're saying is that a person's perfection, a person's shleimus, a person's completion is through performing the mitzvahs and through staying away from the Averis. Every mitzvah perfects a different part of who we are. And every Avera has the ability to blemish a different part of whom we are. That's why, for example, we have one of the famous ideas of the Arizal, which really comes from the Zayar, Shimon Bar Yochai, whose yard site, of course, is next week, like Ba'imer. The Zayar tells us in Parshas Mishpatim the idea of Gilgal, the idea of reincarnation. And the Zayar explains, what's the idea of reincarnation? Why, why is Hashem sending a neshama down to the world again and again? Like, what's the point? And the point is simple, says the Zayar. Because the neshama comes into this world with a mission. And the mission is to perfect the person. But if the mission wasn't completed, so we come down again to get the mission done? We say in Davening in Tehillim, Toiras Hashem Temima Meshivas Nofesh. Which means, Torah Hashem, the Torah of Hashem is complete. Meshivas Nafesh, it sates, it makes our soul satisfied, it makes our soul happy, satisfied. Meshivas Nafesh. The Arizal read the Pasuk differently. He said, Torah Hashem Temima, the Torah of Hashem is complete and wholesome, it makes us whole. 
Meshivas Nafesh, he read the word Meshiva as it returns the soul to this world again and again until the person comes to Timimus, to completion. That was the idea of the Gilgal, that the soul comes back. It comes back because I didn't yet perfect my Nisham, my body, my Nishama, my Guf, my body, and my part of this world. And therefore, so what we're saying here is that when we ask this question, why is it so important to know reward and punishment? The answer is, what we're, what, what's so important to understand is that every mitzvah has positive effect, and that's what the reward is. The reward is the appreciation. And nowadays, we don't fully appreciate the reward of any mitzvah that we do. We don't fully appreciate the accomplishment of mitzvahs, and we don't fully appreciate the negative impact of an avera. But the amunah is that every mitzvah has its positive effect. And that that's hard, that effect is there. And that we will ultimately benefit from that effect. And the world in entirety will benefit from that effect. And every Avera does something negative to that plan. And therefore will have to be cleansed by Hashem. And that's what the punishment really is. A very simplistic mushal, a simplistic um, analogy or metaphor that's used for this is when a person does something bad for their body physically, like let's say a person eats food that is very unhealthy, and then the person becomes sick because or, or, or something unhealthy, and the person goes to the doctor, and the doctor has to do a procedure. So a silly person is angry at the doctor. Like, why are you hurting me? Why are you doing this procedure? Perhaps a child who doesn't understand what's going on, why is the doctor doing this, gets upset and screams at the doctor. The adult understands the doctor is only there to help take away the negative effect that there is in my body. So punishment of Hashem is Hashem being the doctor who's cleansing the negative effect that happened. And that's what punishment... So for someone to be angry at Hashem because he's being punished is like being angry at the doctor who is is taking away a sickness that's inside of a person. In fact, in Tanya, the Alter Rebbe writes, that's, what, that's one of the ways, one of the approaches, one of the mediums that we use in order that even in difficult moments to be able to have simcha and be able to have ahavas Hashem. Um, instead of, you know, we, we, have, we suffer different difficulties in life and there's people who get angry and there's people who go to pieces and there's people who get depressed and so on and so forth. And there's, of course, Hasidus deals with this in a number of different ways. But one of the approaches, the Alter Rebbe says in the name of the Ramban, is that when a person does go through the difficulties of life, we shouldn't know from it. But when ultimately a person does go through difficulties, a person should always think back and recognize that there are certain things that I could use a a little cleansing. And it's Hashem's love for the person that Hashem cleanses them completely to bring them to their perfection. So that's the idea of schar and oinish. And of course, we're not supposed to be afraid. You know, there's a concept called yiras ha'oinish which I'm af- one is afraid of punishment, which is okay. If that works, if that helps a person from doing an Avera, it's okay to be afraid of punishment. But on a much higher level, there's something called Yiraschet, that I'm not afraid of the punishment, I'm afraid of the sin. I'm afraid of the thing that causes the negative energy. And then there's Yiras Shemayim. These are all different levels of Yiras Hashem. So of course, Yiras Ha'inish, the fear of being uh, punished, that's the very, very lowest step. Um, on a much higher, on a much ba- greater level, it's the fear of causing damage. It's like she won't be afraid of going to the doctor or she won't be afraid of being unhealthy. 
So the, the, again, the child is afraid of going to the doctor. The person is a little bit more mature is not afraid of going to the doctor. They're afraid of being unhealthy. So being afraid of sinning because Hashem will punish me, that's like being afraid of going to the doctor. Whereas being afraid of sin, yiras chait, means that I don't want to be unhealthy, spiritually speaking. And Hashem says, this is unhealthy for me. So that's that's as far as part one of why this is such an important um, yisai, such a foundation in Amuna, this idea of schar and einish. But there's another angle there's another angle that I want to talk about, which is okay. So we've come to a conclusion that uh, reward, punishment is very important to understand. It's all about really understanding that there's consequences to our behavior. It means that our positive mitzvahs have tremendous positive impact. It means that our various have negative impact. Okay, granted. The second question, though, is where is the primary reward and punishment? Is it primarily spiritual or is it primarily physical? Like when we talk about schar, there is a schar. Where is the primary, the ultimate schar, the ultimate reward or positive consequence of our avoda? Is it spiritual or is it physical? And the same is with einish, with punishment. So I think that we would tend to think and say that prim- the primary reward is in heaven, is ruchnias. It's in Gan Eden or in Olam Haba when Mashiach comes. And the primary punishment also would seem to be more of a spiritual one, that things then happen in this world. And that's true. The interesting thing is that if you look in the in the Torah, the Torah only talks about physical punishment and physical blessing for reward. Um, you won't find in the actual Chumash, in the actual Torah, where the Torah describes, if you listen to Hashem, what's going to happen? And if you don't listen to Hashem, what's going to happen? You'll find that it's almost all about physical blessing and physical punishment. Take, for example, one of the famous parshas in the Torah that deals with this is Parshas Bichu Kaisai, which is actually just a couple of weeks down the block. Parshas Bichu Kaisai. So the passage begins, In Bichu Kaisai Telechu Yishmeru If you'll do my mitzvahs, you'll follow my commandments. V'nasati gishmechem be'itam, I'll give you your rain in the proper time. V'nasati mitar arts, I'll give you the rain and I'll give you the crops and I'll give you this. And it goes on to a, a number of, you know, very physical reward. Physical, monetary. And then the Torah says, and if you won't listen, and the Torah goes on to give us physical curses. And you won't have rain and you won't have your land and you'll be dispelled from your land and so on and so forth. And the Torah doesn't say anywhere in the Chumash that if you listen, you'll go to Gan Eden. The words Gan Eden don't appear in the Chumash. I mean, they appear in the story of Adam and Chava. But Gan Eden, as far as a re- place of reward after life, the Torah doesn't talk about it. Torah doesn't talk about Elam Haba. Torah doesn't talk about Chiyas HaMesim. I mean, these things are all alluded to in different Sukkim, and they're, they're learned out of Sukkim. But in practical reward and punishment, it's so interesting that the Torah's emphasis when it deals with reward and punishment is physical. Physical and material and in this world. Why is that? Why is the Torah um, focusing on the physical when we talk about reward and punishment? So, I guess the first thing, the first thing that you have to understand is that the Rambam says that all of these rewards 
and punishments, the physical rewards and punishments that the Torah talks about, they are not really the reward for the mitzvahs. They're not really the punishment for the Averis. Very, very beautiful Rambam. He says the following. He says the real reward for mitzvahs is in Ganeiden, is in Elam Haba. The real punishment is in Ganeiden, is in Ganeiden, whatever. So what's the Torah talking about? And when the Torah says, well, if you listen to Hashem, I'll give, make sure you have rain, I'll make sure you have crops, and I'll make sure you're, you're in your land. What is the Torah talking about? Says the Ramam like this. On top of the real reward for mitzvahs, which is spiritual and divine and unlimited, Hashem is saying something else. He says, if you're serving Hashem in this world, He'll give you whatever you need to make you... To, to enable you to continue serving him b'simcha. It's like he'll, he'll take care of he'll take care of your needs in order to allow you to continue. So that's like a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not the real reward. It's a um, a fringe benefit because you're serving him. So the Rambam says it's like a a master takes care of his of of, of this of the servants, to make sure that they should be able to uh, operate properly. Um, so he gives them what they need in order to be able to serve. I'm sorry, I'm just changing the position over here because I'm running out of battery. <laughs> so, and the Rambam says, and he says, and when a person, when Hashem says, and if you don't serve Hashem properly, then Hashem will punish. That's not question of punish. Hashem is saying, if you're not serving me properly, then I don't have to take care of your needs in this world. So that's the Rambam's uh, view that he says, whenever the Torah talks about the punishment or the reward, the Torah is really not talking about the actual punishment or reward. It's talking about the fringe benefits. You're serving Hashem, I'll take care of your needs. I'll make you happy to, 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 uh, to help you serve Hashem. You're not serving, you'll be in trouble because I'm not going to take care of you while, you're, while that's going on. That's the Rambam's, um, that's an idea from Rambam. However, this question doesn't this answer doesn't fully answer the question, which is the fact is, the Torah doesn't talk about spiritual reward. The Torah doesn't talk about Ganadin, doesn't talk about Elam Haba, doesn't talk about spiritual reward. It only talks about physical benefits. So the question still remains, why not? Why isn't there more mention or, 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 stre- or emphasis in the Torah on the spiritual reward and vice versa, the spiritual punishment as well? So, there are a, a couple of different answers and approaches that are given to this, and that's what I want to go through with you here this evening. The most simple answer also comes from the Rambam, actually, in a different place. And that is, it's, it's a very sim- simplistic and practical answer. And that is, we said earlier that the greater way to serve Hashem, the more altruistic way, is not thinking about reward and punishment. That's the, the ultimate way, like it says, that are, like, like Antigone says, not to be like the Avadim Hamishamshinus Haravla Kabel Pras. So really, we're, we're aiming to be more spiritual than that, more mature than that. We, don't, we want to serve Hashem out of our love for Hashem, not because of what we're going to get. And the same is with not doing an Aver. Yet, there is the concept that we're not always on such a high level of Avodah, and reward talks to us. And punishment talks to us. You know, if you want to, if you have to run any type of a class, any type of discipline, there is something. The reward does do something, and punishment does do something. So says Rambam. Well, then 
Reward and punishment is really told to people who are not on the highest level. If you're on the highest level, you don't need reward or punishment. So it's really for people who are on a basic level. If so, what reward really talks to us most? For a person who's not on a spiritual level, who's a person who's not on such a high madrega, so the physical talks to us. You'll tell a person, well, do mitzvahs because in 90 years you'll go to Ganeidin, or 10 years, and 50 years, whatever. I don't know what Ganeidin looks like. I don't know what goes on over there. But you tell a person that you'll have a nice house, a nice car. For a, for a physical person in this world, there's something real about something that I can see and touch. And the same is with punishment. When you talk about the afterlife and you talk about, you know, whenever, um, we don't know what it looks like. So therefore the Rambam says, and this is a very simplistic answer, simplistic approach, that why does the Torah talk about physical reward and physical punishment? Because for most people, physical people, physical things talk to them. Physical punishment talks to a person, physical reward talks to a person. So especially being that when we're talking about reward and punishment, we're talking about a person who's, as we said, on a lesser madrega, someone who's still looking for the um, the push of reward and punishment. So therefore, Hashem says, okay, let's talk practical, and I'll take care of you, bigashmias. I'll give you gashmiyistic reward and punishment. That is one approach, that's the Rambam's approach, and it's a it's a very simple and a very obvious approach. By the way, the same thing is when we talk about Mashiach's coming, right? All of us know we talk about Mashiach's coming, and there's, some people will tell you that Mashiach's coming, it'll be a time where we'll just learn Torah all day, and there'll be the revelation of Hashem, and so on and so forth, and all that is true. But there's also that then there will be goodness and there won't be war and there will be happiness and there will be plentifulness and people won't be sick and people won't die. There's the physical and the spiritual. The physical talks to us as well because we're physical people. And as physical people, we're looking for physical bracha as well. We, we want Mashiach and we want to want Mashiach. One of the ways of wanting to want Mashiach is thinking that it will be good for me. Begashmi will be good for me. Right when you when you te- when you're teaching children, and you tell them Mashiach is coming. The candies are growing on the trees. The kids are waiting for Mashiach. If you tell the kids, you know, when you come Mashiach, you'll 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 be able to learn in Cheder even another eight hours a day. Not necessarily will the thing we want Mashiach now with the same enthusiasm, right? So you have to talk to a person by what will excite them. So all of this is answer number one. Why did Hashem tell tell us about the physical gashmius reward and punishment? is because that's what talks to people practically and it's something we can see and something we can therefore aspire to in a very physical, plain way. That's Rambam. The Ramban, Nachmanides, said a different idea, also a very simple idea, a very powerful idea. And he says, Ruchnius schar, of course. That goes without saying. So Ramban Nachmanides, he says, when a person serves Hashem, I'm doing Torah mitzvahs, first and foremost, I recognize that's a spiritual activity. There's Hashem, Hashem is Ruchni, and Hashem is asking me not to be into just my Gashmias and whatever, to serve Hashem and be a Ruchnistic person. So obviously, the, there's going to be a, a schar, Ruchni, a spiritual schar for the Neshama. And obviously, a person who doesn't do Torah mitzvahs, so in the world of Ruchnias, there's going to be the consequences of that. Ramban says, when the Torah says that there's that if you listen to Hashem, Hashem will give you your rain, and Hashem will give you your parnasa, and Hashem will give you, and so on. What Hashem is, what the Torah is really saying is that even in Gashmias, He'll give it to you. 
Of course, Ruchnius, that goes without saying. We're serving Hashem, and that's all about Ruchnius. So it goes without saying that the Ruchnius Tekavvedu will be there. So the idea of the Torah is that it's even in Gashmius that you'll have that reward. That's the Ramban's spin on this question. Right? Again, the Rambam said that the Torah talks about Gashmius because that's what talks to physical people most. Ramban says the Torah talks about Gashmius because Ruchnius is a given. Ruchnius is obvious. We're, we're serving Hashem, we're doing mitzvahs, that's primarily Ruchnius. And the Torah is saying, and Hashem will also reward you Gashmius and take care of you Gashmius as well. That is the Ramban, what his, his um, approach was. There is another approach of also one of the great Rishonim, one of the sages who lived probably about uh, 800 years ago, and he's known by also by his acronym the Ran. Um, most of the most of the great tzaddikim who lived in that uh, period of history, they're called the Rishonim. We know them by their acronyms, like the Rambam is Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, the Ramban is Rabbi Moshe ben Nachman, Rashi is Rabbi Shlomo Yitzchaki. For whatever reason, the fact is that the sages of that period in history, we know primarily by their acronyms. So one of them, that's perhaps somewhat lesser known, um, is the Ran, Rabbeinu Nissen. And he's again also from that same uh, age bracket or, or histor- historical bracket. And the Ran wrote about this question as well. And he has a little bit of a different angle, a different bent. And what he says is, that the he says that this concept that the Torah talks about gashmiistic reward versus ruchni is a is a difference between the emuna of yidden versus other religions. He says in other religions the talk of reward and punishment was always about um, the next world, the next afterlife. Afterlife, this will happen, and afterlife, that will happen, the next world, this will happen, the next world, that will happen. He says, the only religion where Hashem came, where, the, where, where, where it's written, if you'll do good, Hashem will take care of you right here in this world, he says is Torah. And he explains, he says, because other religions, they looked at their religion as something uh, outer-worldly. But it wasn't something that actually had the control and the you know, the dominion in this world. But in the Torah, Hashem says, I'm not talking to you about tomorrow. I'm not talking to you about next year, about next week. I'm telling you, I'm going to take care of you right here in this world. And the Ran, and he, he had, uh, he wrote, he debated other religions in his lifetime, and he wrote a lot about it. So he would write about this point, that the Torah, in the Torah, Hashem doesn't say, I'll take care of you tomorrow. He says, I'll take care of you today. Now, of course, we don't always see the immediate reward or punishment. We don't. I mean, there's one of the oldest and, uh, and, and greatest and strongest questions of theology is why do bad things happen to good people and why do good things happen to bad people and so on and so forth. And I'm not giving a lecture on that now. However, the fact is, Hashem told when when we think about reward and punishment, we can't look at the moment, like today, what happened to me today. We have to look at the story of Yisrael. The fact that Hashem has kept us and saved us through every situation throughout the long Golos and with the long Golos, that we're here to tell the tale more than any other religion or any other nation we're here, is just a, the ultimate proof, as the Ramban writes, to Hashem saying, yes, Torah Mitzvah is going to keep you in this world. It's going to save you in this world. And at the end of the day, you'll be a happier person physically in this world. 
not just in Ganeidim, not just in Olam Haba. Anyways, that's the that's the approach of the Ran. So just to to um, to summarize, we have a, a couple of points. I want to I want to be clear. The first point was what Rambam told us, and that was that all physical reward and punishment is a fringe benefit. That was an important point. Ultimate reward and punishment is Ruchnius. But Hashem says, while you're here, I'll take care of you here. And that's the fringe benefit of reward and punishment. Then we have, okay, but why did the Torah just talk about the physical side, not the spiritual side? Number one, we have Rambam, because that talks to us as physical people. Number two, we have Ramban, who says that the Torah is saying, of course the spiritual. It's all about spirituality, but even in the physical. And then we have the approach of the Ran, Rabbi Nunisan, and he says that that's the actual, that's the chidush, that's the uniqueness of Torah, of, of the Muna of Yidin, that Hashem says that I am the master over the physical world, and that if you keep Torah mitzvahs, that will keep you and that will hold you in the physical world, and therefore the Torah was, is unabashedly says, you'll do this, and Altem will take care of you physically as well. And when you won't do it, you'll be banished from your land. And that we had the first Galos. You'll do tshuva, you'll come back to Israel. You'll sin, you'll go back out. And of course, all of this plays itself out throughout history. <clears throat> then there's another approach, a fourth approach. And that's written by the Shalot. That's very later. The Rambam, the Rambam, Ramban, Ram. These are all from the Rishonim. The Shalot lived a couple of hundred years later. Rabbi Shaya Horowitz, Halevi. And he's known for his Sefer Shalah, which stands for the words Shnei Luchais Habris. The word Shalah is an acronym for Shnei Luchais Habris. So the Shalah writes, and he uses a, a very unique way of, of explaining this, and it fits with a general idea that he discusses, and something I believe that we've discussed in the past also. The Shalah writes that everything that we read in the Torah, every story that we read in the Torah, every halacha that we read in the Torah, when we read it, we read it as something physical. As something physical that happened with Avram and Yitzchak and Yaakov and Sarah and Rivka, Rachel, Leah, the Shvatim, Yosef, Dina. It's all physical stories. And every mitzvah, every halacha is very physical. It's talking about animals and it's talking about food and it's talking about uh, uh, crops and everything. Everything in the Torah is very physical. Says the Shalah that every word in the Torah, to quote him, is midaberes boelyonim viroimezes betachtoinim. Every word in the Torah, its real meaning is spiritual. It's really talking about higher worlds and higher concepts and spheres and malachim. And we are understanding it at its lowest level. After all, the Shalah says, he says the Torah was around before the world. The Torah is Hashem's wisdom. It precedes the world. So how could it be that the whole Torah is just talking about physical stories and, and rain and grass and crops and Mitzrayim and, and halachas if the Torah was around before physicality was ever created? So therefore the Shalah says, and again he says this, this quote that became famous, he says, Every word of the Torah, you have to understand it in a spiritual sense. It also can be understood. It also alludes to the physical form of how these ideas play out in this world as well. So therefore the Shalah says that once you understand this basic concept of Torah, that it's first and foremost spiritual, it's first and foremost holy, and everything that we read there also has a physical meaning. So he says the same is with reward. 
When the Torah says, if you do mitzvahs, it will rain. So when we hear rain, we think of physical drops pouring. Rain beruchnis means ruchnis hashpa. It means ruchnis um power, water, which is life, which is energy, which is vitality. Shalah says, just like everything when we read in the Torah, we have to understand that there's so much more to it than its physical, simple interpretation. But rather, it really re- reflects and represents spiritual meaning. The same is with the schar and the einish of the Torah, that they also, though the words that are used are physical, they're really representing and they really mean something so much more spiritual and so much deeper behind them as well. I'll give you an, an interesting example. The Shalah writes, he says, it says in the Torah that when uh, one person wounds another person, chas v'shalom, so you have to pay. But the Torah uses some tough words. What does it say about payment when you hurt another person? So the Torah writes, ayin tachas ayin, which literally means an eye for an eye. And that's why people who did not follow the rabbinic um, oral transmission of the Torah said, wow, the Torah is really uh, really extreme. It says if, if a person knocks out someone else's eye, you have to knock out his eye. person wounds someone else, you got to inflict a wound on that person. That's what the words seem to indicate. And the Chachamim say, no, that doesn't mean that. It means monetary payment. Okay. Says the Shalaf, fine. Of course, what the Chachamim say is true. But why did the Torah use the expression an eye for an eye? Ayin tachas ayin. If the Torah didn't mean that you have to take out a person's eye, why did it use that expression of an eye for an eye, asks the Shalah. And the Shalah answers, he says beautifully, he says, because the Torah is trying to teach us that the physical eye, when you hurt someone, their physical eye, it's tachas ayin, this physical eye is merely an expression of a spiritual eye. Everything in this world is an expression of something spiritual, something deeper behind it. So when you uh, wounded someone, you hurt someone, don't think you just hurt them physically. Whatever you did physically had a spiritual effect. And therefore that effect is so much more powerful than what you think you only did on the physical level. This was a rule in the Shalom, that whatever it says in the Torah has a ruchniyistike, spiritual, much deeper meaning that's hiding behind the physical expression of the idea. And therefore he says the same thing as with reward and punishment, though the Torah seems to be talking only about the physical reward and the spiritual reward, I'm sorry, though the Torah seems to be talking only about the physical um, reward and punishment, nevertheless, like every other part in Torah, the Shalah says, that's only an expression of the much deeper spiritual ideas that are being expressed in those physical ideas that the Torah is talking about. So that is the Shalah's approach, which is number four. I'll conclude with one more idea, and that is what Hasidus adds to this picture. And the Rebbe spoke about it um, many times, but especially in, it was in, uh, in 1979. Um, the Rebbe spoke about it and then uh, edited it in Lukut Yisichas, and he talks a lot about this idea of what is the Hasidic um, perspective on why there is this um, emphasis in the Torah on physical reward. Physical reward and physical punishment. And by the same token, when we talk about the coming of Mashiach, why is there this emphasis on the physical, wonderful state of the world when Mashiach will come? 
And again, because it's, the fact is that we talk about it, and it's written that then there will be so much plenty and so much goodness and physical goodness and materialistic goodness isn't the main thing, the, the revelation of Torah and the revelation of Hashem and the Beis Hamikdash and so on and so forth. And the Rebbe's approach, the approach of Hasidus, is that no, that it's extremely important to understand the, how the Torah that we learn and the mitzvahs that we do have a profound effect not only on the spiritual, but on the physical as well. In other words, our connection, and this is of course something that is a center point of teachings of Hasidus, starting all the way from Tanya, where the Tanya tells us that Hashem's ultimate goal in this world is that this physical world should be a dwelling place for Hashem. In other words, the ultimate goal is that the physical and the spiritual should be perfectly in sync. There shouldn't be any situation where, oh, yeah, that's, that's Baruchnius, that's spiritual, so that's in Ganeidim, that's somewhere up in Shemaim. The goal of creation is that Hashem wants that this physical world should be perfectly in sync with Hashem and with Ruchnius and with spirituality and with holiness. And therefore, the ultimate effect of Torah mitzvahs is when that effect can be seen fully here in this world. In other words, the Rebbe says, if we were to say, you know what, I'll learn Torah, I'll do mitzvahs, and there's going to be a tremendous reward in Gan Eden, a tremendous reward in Olam uh, Haba. There will be a lot of Gilu Yelikus. What we're saying is, but on a physical level, it doesn't really, you know, the physical and spiritual is two different planes. So I'll do things, and I'll be rewarded spiritually. Says the Rebbe, that would be lacking in the whole idea of Torah and mitzvahs, the whole purpose of creation. If our goodness that we will see will only be spiritual goodness, that means that the spiritual, the godly, and the world have remained separate. And the Rebbe says, that's why the Torah talks about all of the schar and oinesh begashmias. Just like all the mitzvahs are begashmias. All the mitzvahs, when Hashem says to do mitzvahs, He doesn't say do them spiritually, He says do them physically. So if the mitzvahs are done physically, and if the Averis are physical, that's because the, the point is that the physical should be the ultimate um, ab- abode, the ultimate place for the, the Gilui, for the revelation of Hashem. And therefore, says the Rebbe, it's not just like, okay, there will also be reward physically. Like it's also, it's an also fringe type of a thing. No, that's the Tachlis. The Tachlis that we have to learn and understand is that whatever we do, not only is it the fulfillment of the Ratz and Hashem. And not only does it create tremendous spiritual energy and tremendous spiritual flow, but that that spirituality will be so felt and so powerful that our Gashmias, our physical, will be filled with that spirituality. That the Kedusha will express itself in literal physical goodness and happiness. So that not that the physicality will go to sleep and will have spiritual greatness. No, the point is that the schar, which the schar, as we said before, is the effect, should be something that we should see and we should feel, very spiritually speaking. And the same is with the punishment. The punishment is not, okay, spiritually there's something wrong. The punishment is that physically it's incomplete. If a yid, if a yid is not doing what they have to, not only spiritually they're hurting, ultimately physically they can't truly be happy. 
And Torah mitzvahs is there to bring us not only spiritual gains and spiritual accomplishments, but to bring that down, begashmius, into this physical world. And therefore, the Rebbe says, that's the Hasidic approach of why there's this emphasis on the schar and oinish begashmius, because the point is that our ruchnius and gashmius become fully synced, and the goodness, the spiritual goodness, is expressed and felt 100% physically as well. So therefore, in, uh, in summation, we really had here five approaches to answering this question. They're not arguing with each other. There's five different approaches in answering the question of why the Torah puts so much emphasis on the physical reward in, for one sentence each. The Rambam told us, because that's what talks to us, because we're physical people. Ramban told us that the idea is, of course, spiritual, but even physical. The Ran says, it's Hashem talking and saying that I control this world as well, not just the spiritual realms. The Shalahu told us that when Hashem says something physical and a deeper meaning, a deeper level, it means something spiritual because all words of Torah allude to spiritual meaning as well. And Hasidus comes and completes the picture by telling us that this world is not an even, it's not an also, but actually the kavana, the purpose and the goal that we have to know is that all of our avodah has tremendous effect not only spiritually but to this world itself and that's the ultimate goal and kavana is that this world should be so in sync with the ruchnius that all of the goodness that we bring to this world is a goodness that we should be able to feel, experience and enjoy as well. So Hashem should help that very, very quickly we should be able to see that and feel that together, not only the ruchniistic brachas and the ruchniistic blessings of Torah mitzvahs, but how that ruchnius affects our gashmias and gives each person what they need physically with, with health and with all the brachas of Hashem, even until Mashiach comes. And of course, Mashiach will come very quickly and then we'll see that in this world as well together. Amir Hashem Bekar of Mamash. Amen. Thank you. We have a still little bit of